Welcome to the Fit Money Podcast, where we'll discuss something we all need through our entire life, financial literacy, but also asking the tough question, why aren't students learning it? Financial literacy is more than the math and a behavior we'll need beyond the classroom. So we're learning how we can help students, families, and teachers build a new generation of financially fit students everywhere. On today's episode, Fit Money Executive Director Jessica Peltier meets with Ali Bono, the founder and CEO of Pelican, an investment platform to help families understand and build education savings. Today, Jessica and Allie discuss the misconceptions about 529s and other saving options, addressing the use-it-or-lose-it concerns many families have, and sharing their perspective on what every family should know today to build accessible educational opportunities in the future. Hi, Allie. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so great to be with you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I personally have a lot of questions uh, for you today, and I know our listeners do as well. We are here today to talk about college savings uh, and, you know, more specifically 529s. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Absolutely. I have worked in the financial services space for over a decade now and built not only products, but also ways for for families and individuals to better understand their options when it comes to saving and investing. I am currently the founder and CEO of Pelican, and we are a community and investment platform that specifically helps families understand their education savings needs and enables support through family and friends to contribute toward that education fund. I love that idea of really getting your community involved in your child's futures. I think, you know, everyone has some great ideas for gifts when they're really little, um, but then very quickly, we all kind of struggle with, you know, wanting to make an important gift, you know, for birthdays or bar mitzvahs, communions, et cetera. Uh, And so I love that idea of really expanding the idea of uh, education savings uh, to families. Um, But let's talk specifically, if we can, about 529s. I think um, a lot of people use the vehicle, uh, and and I'd love for you to uh, share with us kind of exactly what it is. But most importantly, I hear a lot of common kind of misconceptions, if you will, about the 529. Uh, And so can you share with me what you hear from some of your families and clients, you know, some of their most common questions that really are a misunderstanding of, of what this product is? Absolutely. And to your point exactly, it's a very misunderstood product with only 30% of Americans being able to understand what it is. So it's no wonder that there's so many misconceptions about it. But the 529 plan is a tax advantage college savings plan that's designed specifically to enable families and individuals to save for education expenses. The funds in the 529 plan grow tax-free and can be withdrawn without taxes when used for qualified education expenses. So it's a really fantastic tool when you know that you want your investment to go specifically toward education. But with that being said, there can be some misconceptions about using the 529 plan. In particular, a lot of times families feel like you know, is now the right time to begin investing? I have so many expenses. 
with being a parent, I have daycare, I have other expenses, we're buying a new home, and where do I really think about begin investing? There's a lot of misconceptions with what happens if my kid is not going to use all the funds and will I be able to get the money back or spend that funds somewhere else? Do I lose the funds if my child doesn't go to college or if they don't use all the amount in the account? And then furthermore, many families wonder that if they save more, that will impact their financial aid more. So this is a big consideration for many families when they're thinking about financial aid. You hit on two that I hear all the time. The one is kind of that use it or lose it concept um, that I've done some research on myself. I think, um, you know, folks that know me, they, I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. And, you know, we didn't save the minute that they were born, uh, regretfully, but, you know, fairly, fairly soon after. But that notion of whether either they don't go to college or, or would a great surprise of a scholarship or, or something where you wouldn't end up using it for that. So I want to talk about that. But then also, you know, as you said, you know, what about, you know, um, other investment options or, you know, things like that. So talk about a little bit of that kind of use it or lose it uh, notion. And, and what do you advise people when they ask that question? Absolutely. So I think when it comes to use it or lose it, it is important to think about the type of savings that are a plan that you're interested in. So for 529 plans, for example, funds can be used on a variety of different education expenses. In recent years, this has been expanded to also include K through 12 tuition, and in many states, other things like transportation and textbooks. There's no deadline for 529s for when the funds can be used, and many plans even enable them to be transferred to other family members or other beneficiaries without penalties. So for example, a family member might end up saving for their child, but then decide they want to get a, a degree on their own or an advanced degree. And so there is flexibility in the beneficiaries that can be used it. But furthermore, there's a lot of congressional attention to this as well. And in December 2022, Congress passed legislation that also enables tax and penalty-free rollovers of 529 plans into Roth IRA accounts starting in 2024. So there's also a lot of government attention to provide more flexibility on not only the use of the funds, but also flexibility in the years to come. With that being said, however, there are penalties on 529 plans if they're not used for qualified education expenses. So it's really important to understand these nuances. Other types of education savings plan, like Coverdell ESAs, for example, they must be used by the time the recipient reaches 30 or there's different tax penalties. So there are some truths to the use it or lose it for certain types of plans, but there are different rules and limitations of each plan. So it's important for individuals to think about what meets their specific needs and goals. I read about that recently, the opportunity for that rollover. Um, I think you can't do the 100%. I think there is a limitation, but boy, what a great opportunity to set your child up for long-term uh, success, you know, rolling over, whether it's, you know, 10,000 or, or whatever the amount is into a Roth IRA at a young age, you know, 20, 21. Um, and then even if it's not touched for 40 years, I mean, my goodness, what, a, what an amazing opportunity. And knowing that 
like we started this conversation that perhaps that came from, you know, an aunt and uncle, a grandchild, uh, et cetera. I mean, that's, that is really exciting. I think it's, it's great that uh, leaders uh, in this country are recognizing the value of the plan and, and making it much more um, uh, available for, for families to use it in many different ways. You also touched on the um, the kind of financial aid implications, and I think you do hear a lot of people saying, "Well, I'm not going to save for college because then I'll never get a scholarship, or we'll never get aid." Um, talk about that misconception and and how it does actually uh, impact uh, FAFSA forms, if in fact it does. So, saving for college can impact a child's eligibility for need based financial aid in the future but it can be minimal depending upon the institution and the type of savings plan used. For example, the benefits of 529s in particular can really outweigh these disadvantages. These financial aid policies vary among school, of course, so but most likely will be part of the overall qualifications. 529 plans in particular are considered the parent's asset and can and contributed to the financial aid package, but only a portion of the balance is really counted toward that amount, which can be under 6%, much lower than many other types of investment and education savings account, which can be as high as 20% and include the full balance of accounts. So while it does impact this, it sometimes is not proportionately to the amount of aid that would be considered. If financial aid is something that is a big consideration, 529 plans are still a great source that can be used. Other savings plans such as Coverdell and ESA or custodial accounts are are kind of hitting this 20% mark. Roth IRAs, however, are not factored into... um, into the financial aid package, which is something to be considered as well. Um, But overall, it's really important to think about the total amount saved also really then limits the total student loan debt that the child needs to take on. And so there are other implications as well when, when thinking about these decisions. I want to touch on that. I think what you just said is really important. So yes, they will potentially, I think you said, have up to a 6% um, implication on that financial aid, which is not, you know, a lot, especially because what you said compared to some other products. What you said where potentially lower the student loan debt that you would take on is really tremendous. And I think, especially in today's uh, economy where student loan debt is at its, I think, largest it's ever been. We there are conversations out about you know will some be forgiven? Maybe not. That is t- taking a very long time the, to in a discussion. So I think really driving home that lowering your debt limit of any kind of debt, especially student loan debt, is is really important. And so saving uh, is is a great way to do that. You said 30% of Americans understand the 529 vehicle. Um, Is that uh, about how many people have college savings or kind of what is the landscape now of kind of the average 529 plan um, in this country? 
Americans are saving for college in a variety of different ways. And the 529 plan is definitely the most widely used vehicle with 25% of Americans using the 529 plan to save for college, with the second highest investment vehicle just being a savings account. Um, with that being said, our research finds that many families actually don't transition from savings account to other specific investment vehicles due to some of the misconceptions that we talked about earlier and the fear that they can impact their financial aid, they can't get the money out, and they might not necessarily need to uh, really want to start investing in the future when there are expenses that are immediate, more immediate. So that's a great segue to my next question. Obviously, the market these days uh, is a little bit rocky. Um, I think people have seen even just their own retirement plans perhaps lose some some of the value that was was uh, given last year, uh, earned last year, um, and the same for five twenty nine. You know, as I've said, you know, I have two uh, plans for my two children, and have seen some some decrease. Talk about that fear, uh, and this I guess holds true in in any investment vehicle you know, of, of worrying of kind of the short-term market implications and then making decisions that would pre potentially prevent that long-term growth that we, that we do see over time. So talk about today's, today's market and economy, you know, is it really affecting a lot of the savings that's going on? I think that there is a lot of uncertainty in today's market and causes a lot of fear especially for those individuals who might have a shorter time horizon when thinking about investing, and maybe their loved ones are going to school within the next few years. This can seem a little bit riskier when thinking about your investments and wanting to create more stable solutions. So the time horizon is really the first thing to consider. Um, if children are younger and you have close to 18 years or, or a little bit shorter, relatively speaking, time investing and how long you hold the asset really um, levels out that instability. So if you have 17 years in your horizon, there's no need to withdraw your funds today. Uh, overall, you know, your investment will continue to grow over time. So it's really important to consider that. And these funds in particular are really indexed with your time horizon as well. So they're not necessarily making adjustments due to the stock market's performance today and are generally relatively are generally safe investment vehicles in comparison to other types of investments as they're based upon this time horizon and can really change based upon the time left in your account. So for example, when you have 18 years, there can be a little bit more um, risk that is being taken. But when you're closer to the time of withdrawal, the funds automatically change to be more conservative. So if you're thinking about investing now, um, you know, and have a long time horizon, it is still a bet that you can continue to increase your investment amount and have really great really great rewards. But if you feel like you, hey, you know, I want to give it a few months and wait to see where the market settles, that's absolutely fair and reasonable as well as many people just want to say, let's wait to see where we settle out and then make decisions from there. But on the other side, I will say we have a lot of turmoil with interest rates and 
that, that impacting student loans. So we're really seeing, as we mentioned earlier, while you might have large student loans, the interest rates were generally con conservative. And now as we're seeing higher and higher interest rates, it becomes more of a problem, especially when thinking about federal student loans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I do like the, you know, as with anything in, in investing, your, your time horizon, the, the longer you have, we always encourage our young students that we teach uh, Fit Money has curriculum K through 12. And we talk about compound interest as early as kindergarten and first grade, because I think that is the real secret sauce to investing is, you know, the longer you have, uh, uh, the better for your, your, your returns. So how does someone get started? Uh, I've heard that you can kind of pick a state and, you know, find the terms that are more favorable. You know, where does someone learn that? Is First of all, is that true? Could you just, if you live in, I live in Massachusetts, could I just pick, you know, Utah as, as a state that, that may have a good 529 plan? Or, you know, where does someone exactly learn all these um, kind of ins and outs and, and where do they get started? So first, I would really recommend um, there are a number of resources online from not only the IRS, the Department of Education, but also resources like savingforcollege.com, which have a lot of comparable um, plans and where you can look up different plans and their options. I will say it is important to think about which state you are based in exactly to your point, because many state plans have a variety of different benefits from prepaid lock-in tuition programs, which means that if you feel that your child might go to um, a, a university in Massachusetts, for example, there are opportunities to lock in today's tuition rate. So that's one factor in making the decision. Another factor is that many states also have state tax deductions toward contributions to 529 plans. So with this misconception of I, I, you know, I don't have any funds to begin investing. Actually, um, you know, when you when you contribute, you can actually get that that money back through the state tax deduction. Um, so there are a lot of considerations like that, which can be appealing to families in many different ways. There are also important differences between state administered plans, which, as I mentioned, these can be uh, the lock in tuition rates and include the tax deductions as well as broker sold plans, which sometimes these are sold through the Vanguard, Fidelity, etc. These plans don't come with those different deductions, but a lot of families feel like they have security um, with other investments that they might be held at those institutions or um, the ability to, to um, easily transfer their funds from other accounts. So it's important to think about those considerations when starting to save. All in all, um, 529 plans can be rolled over into other 529 plans tax-free. So if you're not sure, the advice that we always give is that you can decide today and it's not an end-all be-all. You can always transfer your funds tax-free to another plan that might be better suited for you. So start kind of saving early, get a plan locked in, and then always recalibrate as the time horizon changes, maybe your family dynamics change, maybe your career path changes, and so you can continue to recalibrate as these different life events come up. 
I love it. Well, you've given us such great information. I, I really thank you. My last question is just because I, I hear the passion. You know so much about this. What brought you into this space? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I Well, I was a student at Columbia Business School. I wanted to start contributing to my niece's education fund. Um, my sister was having a baby shower. And as you might see, sometimes for baby showers, you know, you'll send gifts with links. And I, as a student myself, really wanted to start making a meaningful contribution and be able to have something that I can do year over year for our birthdays, holidays, report cards, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and through this process, I really went to find that families felt very alone and intimidated when saving for the future. And it's, to me, um, very sad because it's very exciting and amazing to support the education of our loved ones. But while feeling alienated is a challenge and really our goal is to bridge that gap to help families not only to understand their unique individual options, but to really bridge support with family and friends. And it's really shown that students with just $500 saved for education savings specifically are three times more likely to attend college and four times more likely to graduate. And these parents with the plan always have at least double the savings. So really, I think this is a big mission of mine to enable individuals to have the education that they want and not be limited by student loan debt in their future decisions with their career, their lives, and and beyond. Oh, I love that. I I love whenever there's a Uh, an issue out there. There's always someone with a great solution. And I think you have brought that to us. Allie, thank you so much for joining us today and really uh, shining a light on the value of 529 plans and just thinking ahead. Uh, I wish you the best in your your company and uh, thank you again. Thank you. It was great speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us today on the Fit Money Podcast. Whether you're a caregiver, teacher, or student yourself, there's plenty of great K-12 resources to begin or continue your financial literacy journey at fitmoney.org. Visit the show notes for more from today's guests and financial literacy activities for the classroom, at home, or on the go. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy learning, earning, and saving. The Fit Money Podcast is presented by Fit Money, the leading K-12 financial literacy curriculum, providing free, unbiased financial literacy resources. All opinions, products, and references during the show are not endorsed by Fit Money and are solely opinions of the individual. Fit Money does not claim any responsibility for external resources referenced during the episode. All Fit Money products and episodes are provided for educational purposes and are not professional advice.